0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How's it going? It's the second time it's gone off. They never got home. They
2: never got home. They never got home. They never got on. The second captain's world service.
0: It's... Yeah, <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Well,
3: oh, you can laugh. I am to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. Well, you I don't know
0: what you're talking about. Talking
3: about what did yeah. you want? Know, I'd like it, it. to stay alive for six days. I'd
1: say it to your face, not say it but to you now. What you I'm down to one field and we'll see them, won't What you doing down here? You Shawnee man. <laughs>
0: Hello there, you're very welcome to Monday's Second Captains Football Podcast. Owen and Murph with you today on another dark, dark day for one of the Premier League's great clubs. Hi, Murph. Hello there, Owen. I saw yesterday's 4-0 defeat at Anfield described by Arsbog as the lowest point during Arsene Fenger's reign. Even worse, before you say it, Murph, even worse than the A2 demolition by Manchester United at Old Trafford six years ago. His argument being that that A2 was horrible... But it was horrible with a makeshift team full of kids and players who were simply not good enough to be at the club in the first place. Whereas yesterday, Arsenal fielded a team that was built with around £160 pound, million pounds of mostly pre-lunacy transfer cash, as he describes it, with another £100 million on the bench. So they should be doing better, mm. essentially. But it's funny, that Old Trafford match happens to be very fresh in my mind because you pointed out this morning that the official Manchester United Twitter feed had helpfully tweeted highlights of this game a few hours ago with the triumphant message. 8. I think it's, I think there's a bit of a play here on symbols. So it says, yes. eight to six years ago today was what I read originally. Then I look closer, the dash between the eight and the two doubles as a minus. Mm-hmm. So I am getting, I'm getting their, their tweet right Eight here. minus two equals six. six. years ago today. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a added bit of detail. Creativity there from the mm. social media people. I'm not entirely sure
4: out. they needed to pile on in that.
0: Uh, <laughs> I do they could have left that, it. You don't uh, have well, to it I mean, ever. you know,
4: they, they have been known to tweet out you know, just random results. I don't
0: think they were having a go at Arsenal. It, yeah, I, It just so happened that Arsenal are at a low ebb again. Mm. And this was the anniversary of a famous result from a number of years ago. Yeah. They, they could have maybe held off. I don't know. But it's pretty bad. It, it, the 8-2 is bad, right? Uh, the Manchester United scorers that day. A young Danny Welbeck had won in. Mm-hmm. These were M- MUTV highlights. Two screamers by Ashley Young. Mm-hmm. Near-identical right-footed curling shots coming in from the left-hand side. A Wayne Rooney hat-trick. Yeah, including two fancy free kicks. Uh, by fancy, I mean not necessarily directly struck. Mm. There were one-twos, and that's quite... One. Well, I suppose, yeah, one, one of them was he rolled it, somebody stopped it, and then he hit it. Did that kind of stuff. And also a penalty by Rooney, which was a clear penalty, according to MUTV co-commentator Paddy Crerand. <laughs> a G.E. Sung Park daisy-cutter and a dinked finish by Nani completed the, scor- the scoring. All that Arsenal could muster in reply was a goal by Theo Walcott and one by Robin Van Persie, who left Arsenal for Manchester United at the end of that season? Van Persie also missed a penalty which was never a pen, according to muTV co- commentator Paddy ground <laughs> it's just a fill you in it was a bad scene was yesterday's any worse i'll leave the Arsenal fans to decide upon that I mean it 's certainly,
4: certainly more recent
0: it's yesterday. definitely more recent it definitely could have been as wide a margin. Hmm. I only saw the goals in Manchester. I don't know if it was an eight-two. They could have been 14-2. I can't quite remember. It, it felt to me like Manchester United were quite clinical on the day, and if Liverpool were as yeah. clinical, we could be talking about another. It was the day ago. of
4: it was the day of an All Ireland hurling final. You said six years ago, so that was Kilkenny against Tipperary. And I do remember walking back into town from Crow Park, looking into the window of a pub, mm-hmm. the Hogan Stand pub, I believe there, just on the corner of Wicklow Street and South William Street. I looked into the uh, in the pub window, I was like, oh, I wonder what the score of the game is. Manchester United
0: 8, Arsenal (laughs) 2. I did not expect that. I had a similar experience, Murph, in Mulligans, I remember, back then, in 2011. And again, outside Mulligans yesterday, after the Dublin game, I was, what? 4-0. This always happens. Why do Arsenal always get massacred on these big GA (laughs) Okay, just don't know what's going on there. Early in the season, on. Hey, non-World Service members, what exactly have you got against independent member-led journalism anyway, huh? What is the nature of your beef? If you were in this group... You missed Ken's tear-filled observations from Las Vegas all last week. The bond he is built with that beautiful city, is, it, it's just almost unbreakable now.
3: I'm having a ball, flounder now. If anyone wants to not give me a shell.
2: So people think you're having a great time, but actually they're just being processed by this enormous, uh, sophisticated machine designed to separate them from their money uh, and I- leave them with the impression that they're having a good time. And I suppose when they sit on the plane, back to wherever it is they're coming from, that gnawing emptiness at the core of their being they uh, probably put down to a hangover which is all part of the genius of (laughs) of how this place works but it's just it's just so
0: boring See what
3: happens, I don't know We have two tiles, I don't know
2: The Howard Johnson Motel on Tropicana Avenue (laughs) So I suppose the layout of it is basically the H-block format (laughs) Um, uh, And it's a a proper motel I mean, I've got a front door that opens directly onto the car park I have a sink, a shower, toilet, television
4: Don't get your Um, head turned by all that uh, glamour, Ken Come back to us, (laughs) Ken Don't forget about us
0: Well, he will be coming back to us, but not today. Ken is back tomorrow. He returns from the Howard Johnson. And that will be available for World Service members only to hear Ken's breakdown of McGregor Mayweather, as well as a brand new episode of Player's Share this week. Join us at secondcaptains.com for five euro a month, plus VAT. So Ken's not with us today. Don't worry, because look who stepped in.
3: After bed I went, my <laughs> head was fried. I didn't even know it was a damn cat, cat in the
0: fucking horror. I was horror.
3: devastated. I'd been after smokes a while. Hard Saw that. Back on there. <laughs> I had a date organised for that night, a first date with someone. Cancelled that. My head was gone. <laughs> Woke up the following morning, and to my absolute amazement, I read this message on my phone. Let me tell you, you're only getting this because you're a former player of mine, and <laughs> I'm not too sure too many journalists would have got a third time lucky. Hi, Richie. Sorry the equipment didn't work again, but it's no problem for me to do it again. Maybe see you in Ipswich one day for third time lucky. Best wishes. Mickey. Best wishes. I
1: got a job on a Wednesday.
3: I'd been a player up until that Wednesday, took the training on Thursday, I picked the team on Friday and I took the game on Saturday, so I got the job on the Wednesday, I'd been a player up until that Wednesday, took the training on Thursday, picked the team on Friday and I took the game on Saturday, so a bit of a whirlwind. Okay. I'm just looking down. I think all the red lights are still on. It looks like we've recorded this successfully, Mick. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. So many times. Richie, I sincerely hope so because there's no fourth time lucky. Let me tell you.
0: Richie's here, not Mick McCarthy. I should probably stress how are you are <laughs> or, or Craig David. Craig here Lads, how are you doing? Not too bad. Do you like your new audio bed there? I love it. I think that's going
3: to be the thing that I'm going to be known for for a little <laughs> while. Anything <laughs> happens. This is my fault.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we have used you I once know, or twice a since then as an example.
4: A is lot used. of tweeters getting on.
3: Anytime we make a basic error you're now getting the blame you don't even need to kind of suggest that it. it could have been me just put it out there that something went wrong yeah. and the public will just yeah. it was a it Richie to, it, it, we had be, a Richie
4: yeah it used to be me Yeah, mainly on the back of a campaign of hate uh, led by Mark Horgan but <laughs> supported by Simon Hick <laughs> but now it's now it's you Richie it's like the the new kid
3: at school you know for a while you know you're going to get some steak but then a new guy arrives and <laughs> then he gets all the abuse that was that was a tough that was a tough spell in my in my uh, media career
0: that'll Mick debacle Arsenal Murph I've got to move it on I know you want to talk about Mick again for 20 minutes but we do want to talk about Arsenal being beaten 4-0 at Anfield if you were an Arsenal fan this morning Richie okay. I, I actually have no idea who you support of anybody it's, uh, we'll just keep going yeah Millwall. okay we'll leave that Millwall but Millwall of course would you be more embarrassed by the lack of fight or the tactical cluelessness on display yesterday? If I was an Arsenal
3: fan this morning with a really strong reaction, I'd first of all have to ask myself, why would I be surprised with this? Hmm. I, would, mm, I would note the familiarity of the feeling. And, and I would ask myself, well, what would have happened over the summer or in the closed season? Or what have I heard from anything that Arsenal said or that Arsenal have done that would suggest that these kind of feelings would no longer be part of an Arsenal fan experience? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more of the same because they've continued to do the same thing. The, 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 what did we see yesterday that we haven't seen before? Well,
0: I think it might have actually been a new level of tactical ineptitude. I, really? know, I know they were ripped apart by Bayern Munich, but, you know, they did have a player sent off, didn't they? They've had a lot of embarrassment. So maybe this is recency bias, but we've seen that lack of fight a ton of times. Mm. But I don't know if I've seen them look as inept. They had no clue what they were doing with that system. They had no clue what they were doing in either half. They didn't have a shot in goal. They could have lost seven or eight nil. That was it the could thing. Be one of those really historically embarrassing uh, performances, mm. which might have sped things up a little mm. bit. Like four 0
3: Four nil is is a is a tough scoreline to accept. <laughs> it it should have been <laughs> upwards of six.
4: Well, if you're that Arsenal fan, uh, are you disappointed? It wasn't eight nil. I mean, is an eight nil defeat the only thing that's actually going to uh, precipitate some change there?
3: Well, I, I wonder. Would it though? I mean, how bad do things have to get for the Arsenal board to realise, actually, do you know what, Wenger is the thing that needs to be changed here. Because I, in in, in a way, I don't think Arsenal Ven- Arsene Wenger is the problem anymore. Wenger is going to do what he's always done because he believes his way of going about the job is the way to do it. The problem is the people who c- who consistently think that Wenger is the right man. Yeah. It's the, the owner or the board, however those conversations have taken place. They had a bizarre end to last season where it was up to the manager as to whether he was going to stay. <laughs> Um, I, I I can't remember where that has happened at a club that has been, on a relatively speaking, their successful club, but they had a disappointing end to the season. The way that Europe went, they they drop off in the top four, but yet they were waiting around to see were the manager up for the challenge of staying? That's, it doesn't, that's, yeah, it that's does, wrong. It
0: doesn't happen it doesn't happen in professional it happens in amateur sports even high level amateur sports like the GAA you know Brian Cody kind of has that now in fairness, he's only had one bad year but you he, exa- that, that, but, This but exact he, argument was he, being he had last call. night about Mickey, Mickey Hart. Hart Mickey Hart can, can kind of make that call There's, you know they're not on contracts in the sense that it's not professionally run organisations that we're talking about it seems, yeah, it seems crazy Jamie Carragher was strong on some of this stuff on Sky Sports yesterday we
1: we'll have a listen and if we're being honest, the board bottled the decision in the summer. They bottled it. Terrified of, of, of moving the manager on, who's been a, a legend there, who's been a great success. There had to be a change. There had to be. And then the summer comes and it's all this, OK, things may be different. I think uh, Gazidis, the chief exec, said a, a catalyst for change. That's worse. What we have just seen there? Last season, I call them cowards. And afterwards, maybe I got a little bit of criticism, I think it's a bit too strong, you can't say that on live TV. I'll say it again, cowards. That was worse than what I saw at Crystal Palace last year. And that's where it comes from. Arsenal fans and club, that will not change over the next two years. I love Arsene Wenger, but that's what I'm going to say again. Your club, not ruthless enough. We criticise Chelsea for changing managers. If you don't do the business at Chelsea, you're gone. Here, everything's nice. Wenger's nice, the players are nice, the boards are nice. There's no ruthlessness coming from the top of the club and it transfers itself onto the pitch. So get used to it for the next two years and then, what we'll be saying then, 12, 14 years of it.
0: Disagree with any of that? No, none of it. (laughs)
3: Like even you mentioned there earlier that the the heavy defeats that this Arsenal team have had over the last few years at any of those big grounds, can you remember any particular player being hammered or, or, or scapegoated by Wenger or a prolonged spell out of the team or put on the transfer list, mm. w- which you would expect in any other club that's managed by someone who has standards. Like even his... I know you can pick out certain quotes and maybe it's wrong to want Wenger to have a meltdown on camera or to, mm. to, to really be emotional. But w- one quote, he said, you know, we want our fans to be with us even in a losing performance like that. No. No, you just say, listen, I apologise to the fans for travelling up and serving them up with shite like that yet again. It's It's not good enough... We're all appalled. We're all embarrassed. I'm going to take full responsibility. The players are in there mortified. They're, they're fearing for their jobs. They all know they're going to be transfer listed
0: if this happens again, but it's continually happening again and something's
3: going to change. That's not what he said.
0: They're not getting... Yeah, their players aren't seri- seemingly aren't being shamed either in front of the cameras or behind the scenes by Wenger. They are being shamed by... Sorry, you wanted to come in there. It's yeah. the
3: behind the scenes thing that... Yeah. Sh- shamed... Yeah, well, let's use that word for a moment, shame, because shame works. In a dressing room, it works because... Uh, If you're on the pitch and you know you've done something wrong or you've done something contrary to the way that your team has been prepared all week, you haven't done your job in a a strategy that's been worked on all week or you haven't done your job to stop an opponent doing what you know he's always going to do if you give him time or space, when you walk in the tunnel back to the dressing room, you know you're in for it. If you're not in for it from the manager, you know know, he has a good cop-bad cop arrangement with one of his coaches and you know the number two is going to absolutely tear you to shreds. Or you know the captain or the senior players are going to grab you by the shirt and put you up against the wall. I say, listen, you know, dickhead, (laughs) look, we're all on the team here. Like, everyone has a job and and you not doing your job is affecting me. I'm losing every week because of you. Like, I'm feeling the way I feel now because of you. You know, all the other things that you can add to that conversation. That's not happening behind the scenes.
0: They are being shamed publicly, though. Those like, mm. those sort of comments by Carragher, when you think about it, he's calling these guys cowards and not in any sort of a slip of the tongue way. Yeah. And if anyone was under the impression that it was a slip of the tongue last year, he's come out very clearly. The feeling is that these guys are cowards, cowardly. You know, that's pretty That's pretty primal, evocative kind yeah. of language to be it using. Strikes it to it, the heart isn't of it not a little masculinity. Bit over the top? Is it a little bit over the top calling a bunch of human beings cowards? I don't, for not doing their job correctly. I think
4: uh, people have no sympathy for this Arsenal team. So, I mean, I think you could ask uh, in the abstract, is it okay for a football analyst to call a bunch of football players cowards and people might have a problem with it? But no one has a problem with anyone saying anything about this Arsenal team. And I think that that goes back to what we're talking about. As you've described, as uh, Carragher described as well, I think, soon after that clip, it's a consequence-free environment. So in it if you feel like no one is speaking truth to any of these Arsenal players, when you hear someone like Carragher say, call them cowards, you kind of feel like, okay, well, whether it's fair or not, this is what these people need to hear because they're incapable of reacting in the correct way to the carrot approach that Wenger and his backroom team Mm. have gone with over the last six or seven years. Therefore, it might be unfair to call a bunch of footballers, cowards. But this Arsenal team, in the minds of everyone else, has it coming. Has that level of criticism coming?
3: I I don't know if the word cowards fits here. Like if it's a cowardly performance or someone is a coward, you know they're fearing something they're afraid of. What like what's the fear being in the Arsenal team? Like there is no, there's no. Again, if it's a, if we're calling it a consequence-free environment,
0: they're afraid of. I think the what I mean, they're they're afraid of the battle. They're they're afraid of putting in what it takes to win big Premier League games they're cowardly in, this, in, that, in that sort of a sense I presume because they're obviously not afraid of anger
3: I don't know I'd use different words maybe yeah. lazy maybe uncommitted uh, I don't know it's all semantics here listen yeah, we're, great, all, we're all in, in general agreement that what they're producing is way below what they should Did you see? I mean, there, yeah. there is
4: an element of cowardice I think in not facing up to the sh- your own shortcomings which they as players have done repeatedly you know, this idea that that no one bollocks anyone out of it in the Arsenal dressing room, that, in a way, is shying away from confrontation, which is
3: cowardice. I think, like, I watched the Match of the Day 2 analysis last night and they, I think, honed in on the positional sense of Xhaka and Ramsey and many times and said that, you know, they, they just wasn't... They weren't in the right place. They weren't shielding the central defenders at the back three or back four whatever it was. Yes, individually, you can you can maybe dig them out but if if their manager isn't telling them that what they're doing is wrong and if there's no defense behind them if there's no defender like roaring at them to to make sure they're positionally disciplined that they're 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 shielding them from from any counter attack or they're aware of the pace of the Liverpool forwards um th- there's just so many failings like I, I, like where do you start because I- individually exactly say to you or Ramsey you no know, they were poor the, the, particularly the two wide of the back three were, were left one on one with, with, with forwards and they were really poor no shot on goals Sanchez's attitude maybe some of the players' attitudes Fingers tactically like it's, it's it's a multiple failings from absolutely everyone okay, involved
0: here's somewhere you can start concentration yeah. This is what you hear about top level sport. You concentrate and it's exhausting because of this because you're you're running around for ten or eleven kilometres at high speed, but you're also focused for ninety minutes. Yeah. Not about well, forty five minutes, another forty-five. Uh with just like a short enough break in between time. You mentioned Match today too. I thought they were they were good last night in what you were talking about there, but also the, the clip they showed of mm. Ramsey and oxlade Chamberlain, I think it was. So for people who didn't see it, this was the first Liverpool goal. Arsenal have the ball. I think the keeper has the the, the ball. They certainly have it in defence and these two boys start wandering over towards the right-hand side of the pitch. Ramsey seems to be in some sort of remonstrations with the bench. Oxlade-Chamberlain just has his back to play kind of jogging into whatever position he's roughly supposed to be in to help out the attack. For six seconds, they're running without realising that the ball has been turned over. I think they presumably realise when the crowd start cheering. Mm. If the crowd hadn't cheered, they're probably still bombing forward, you know? Then they turn around and go, oh, Jesus. So, Ramsey doesn't have the pace to get back anyway. Chamberlain does get back and was in a better position, but doesn't make any sort of an effective challenge as Firmino heads the ball in. Like That's incredibly basic. Those are the things, to go back to your question a
3: while ago, as to how would I feel being an Arsenal fan. They would really rile me, footage like that. Because, cause, yeah, 'cause Yeah, because sometimes you can think, well, we're beaten by a team that were just better than us or players that were quicker than us or maybe better prepared. And all of those things might offend you, but that you might have a couple of players who... When you watch that footage, particularly when it's slowed down or zoomed in, you kind of go, really? "Did these lads care? Like, are, are, are they, like, where are their heads at the moment? And if, you, if you're a supporter of a team and you're questioning whether the players are motivated or switched on or whether they care, it's a very bleak place to be a, a football supporter, mm. um, which I think I assume is, is where Arsenal fans are at this morning because I can't see, what, what was Gazeta saying with Carragher's comment there that there's a catalyst for change? Like, what? What was it what was he pointing to that was saying that this club is now changing? Was it was it the FA Cup win? Was it was it a signing? Was it a Like seriously I, like I, I don't did know. Did you know I, what I, I, did that phrase it was yeah. that's just something he, he said and knowing there was no follow up question going, what do you mean by this? Mm. Could come up with one thing that makes us believe that the club has thought differently about how Wenger should do his job, Wenger has thought differently, whether there's a cultural shift in the dressing room, because all these things need to happen. Mm. Or We're all wrong, and actually within the board of Arsenal they're saying, this is okay. We're okay with being playing in front of full houses every week with the commercial deals we've got, with our wage policy, with our transfer spend, with our financial figures at the end of the year. We're okay with what we do in Europe year on year. Because if those things happen internally in the Arsenal board, then everything else makes sense. Why would you change? Because Wenger has a huge amount of control in the football club, and if you shift Wenger out, you have to probably... Make a lot of structural change because one man can't come in with that much power
0: as a new man, and that's a difficult job. This is going to be a tough watch, I think, this season because you know this is, when you're watching a team imploding, a well-known team, a team with a big manager, it's quite exciting. I think at times mm-hmm. you, you, when Mourinho's Chelsea were imploding, you, you're watching it, hope. Well, I was hoping they were going to lose even against a poor team because it was it was exciting and it was a storyline. And all that sort of thing, and eventually, and and when a team like Arsenal now grind out a one 0 win, it's oh, why I bother watching this match? This is absolutely nothing. Yeah, to... They, but, I
4: didn't get what I what I was hoping for. But I think it's
0: gone on so long now, and last season was so negative, and the Arsenal fan TV stuff, and just the toxic nature of everything. I, I don't know. I just don't know if I'm able for it, guys. I don't have able for another <laughs> season of this.
4: I know it's like like what was uh, so entertaining. If you want to use that word about the Mourinho Chelsea meltdown, it was quick. Was how unexpected it was, <laughs> unexpected, and it ended it quickly. Was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know there were, you know there were there were consequences. You know they were terrible. Mourinho got the sack, uh, but not before players were being called rats by their own fans. <laughs> I mean, like that's a con- that, 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 that is a consequential atmosphere at Stamford Bridge, and quick action was taken well the
0: Arsenal fans in fairness do I don't, I don't see how much more they can do in terms of getting on top of their team yeah
4: that's yeah you're, you're not wrong there yeah. um, but with Arsenal yeah exactly I mean it's just it's, it's the same conversation
0: yeah well we'll have it a number of times and, uh, we'll just record this one and play it on three or four occasions yeah. during yeah. the season yeah just, just you know it's economical that way how impressed were you by Liverpool
3: I was very impressed but to use Wenger's quote Arsenal were an easy opponent for mm-hmm. Liverpool um, they, they, they were brilliant. They were ruthless. They, they saw weakness. In, they saw multiple weaknesses in, in Arsenal. They just were playing against one big weakness <laughs> and they, they, they trounced them, time. which is what you would expect of a, of a, a good team,
0: let alone a really good team. Without Philip Coutinho. Yeah. Is there, a, is there a brighter future? Because Coutinho will probably go next summer if, if it looks as though they, they seem to have warded Barcelona off, but I'm sure he'll go eventually. And if they have time to actually put some, put some thought into how to replace him. It doesn't he doesn't look irreplaceable at the moment. I mean, I'm basing this off a couple what, two wins in a draw so far this season. Mm. Well, go big, why not? Mm. <laughs> that's that's the enough. Cons-
4: yeah, the concern I think is that Coutinho offers something that uh you know the, the, will, the, the uh, potential- will unlock actual defenses yeah, as opposed potent- to what they were playing a, against yesterday. A potential answer to the question that was asked multiple times last year by not great teams at Anfield coming to play for a draw. Hmm. And that's where Liverpool have fallen down massively.
0: Are they title challengers this year? I ask you this because I don't think we've spoken to you since the Premier League season started. So I don't know who you're who you're leaning towards. And if it's not Liverpool, who do you think it's going to be? Um, this is a very match-of-the-day type thing, actually. If, if they're kind of fitting 20 seconds towards the end of every episode. So who's going down? Who's <laughs> who's getting promoted? Who's who's going to win the league? Richie, who's gonna who win? is going
3: to win the league? I think Man City are going to win the league. Are Liverpool challengers? I think in February and March there'll be still people thinking that they might be able to win the title, but I don't think they will. I think if they they should... Challenge they should or... keep Like, just keep Coutinho. Just, just, whatever's put on the table, doesn't matter how silly the bid is or how much Coutinho wants to go, just be strong enough to say, you're not going now. Maybe we'll do a deal, you can go in a year's time, but not now because... I don't think it's a particularly... If you go through all the other teams that are up there, Tottenham haven't improved, Chelsea have had their issues... Um, Liverpool, they're there. Arsenal, we can probably discount them. I don't think the the hype that's gone with United, I I wouldn't buy into it just yet. So I don't think they're up against really really difficult challengers. So keep Coutinho. Um, no, they won't win the league, <laughs> but I think Man City will. Thanks, Richie. Cheers, lads. You are someone with
4: a history of domestic violence yourself.
2: Um, Everything has been allegations.
4: You've even been to jail for uh, it. Nothing
2: has been proven, so, you know, that's life. I'm a tall punk. No pictures, just hearsay. Answer me, boy. Ah! Ah! You are a
0: fucking bitch. Go ahead, kid, you're the last question. Viva!
4: What are you doing with a school bag on stage? It was your own kids who called the police. I'm half black from the belly
3: button down. Seven separate physical assaults on five different women. You don't
2: oh, You can't even read. Yes, sir. On their new war federated championship, the law of incredible.
0: Hold on a second. Let Maniaca laugh. By McGregor, that was the weigh-in, I think, was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That was Conor McGregor laughing maniacally at the weigh-in after his head-to-head with Floyd Mayweather. Interesting. It feels like a very similar to a laugh I heard somewhere else this week. A man we spoke about with Richie there, Jamie Carragher. When he wasn't tearing strips off Arsenal this weekend, he was recreating an infamous gif from a couple of seasons back. I don't know if you saw this today. You remember his shocked reaction when Thierry Henry tapped him on the leg upon hearing the news of Brendan Rodgers sacking? Yeah. A couple of seasons back, it became kind of a famous... Yes. moment viral moment Uh, well Henri tapped him on the leg again yesterday just in the normal course of conversation Mm -hmm. then realised what he'd done so made a great show of doing it again and making a bit of a joke out of it in homage to the incident from two years ago
4: I hope you're watching internet.
0: yeah Carragher sharp as a tack he's a witty man as Jamie Carragher knew what was required turned to the camera to give the same shocked look that he produced in 2015 and boy did he find it funny See what I mean? Barely
4: human. That C- noise. C-
0: is it similar? Can we g- give us McGregor?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's not a million miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I even, <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't even know which is which. <laughs> yeah, I know it's weird.
4: It's uh, scary, man. actually. Both of them. Are both of them are equally scary. That is the
0: style of yeah.
4: Oh my ears. <laughs> that is, uh, I
0: apologize, everybody.
4: An abomination.
0: Alright, a quick reminder that Ken is back from Vegas tomorrow to relive his experience of the last few days that'll be available for you on the World Service. Have a look if you're interested on secondcaptains.com. Alright, hope you enjoyed myself and Murph and Richie today. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, on. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care.
3: I'm having a balls flounder now. And anyone wants to knock? give me a shout.
2: So people think they're having a great time, but actually they're just being processed by this enormous uh, sophisticated machine designed to separate them from their money uh, and leave them with the impression that they're having a good time. And I suppose when they sit on the plane back to wherever it is they're coming from, that gnawing emptiness at the core of their being, they uh, probably put down to a hangover, which is all part of the genius of, of how this place works. But it's just its just so boring. It's not unusual. like the back you see what happens
3: I don't know we have two to
2: have I don't know In the Howard Johnson Motel on Tropicana Avenue <laughs> so I suppose the layout of it is basically the H block format <laughs> um, uh, and it's it, it is a it's a proper motel I mean I've got a front door that opens directly onto the car park I have a sink a shower a toilet television
4: don't get your um, head turned by all that uh, glamour Ken
2: come back to us <laughs> don't.
4: Ken. don't forget about us. <laughs>
0: sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting